Hello, Godlings, and welcome to another episode of the American Gods Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is Sarah. Hey, Godlings. So, uh, episode two, right? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> awesome. So awesome. Uh, so much to talk about. So much to unpack in this episode. Yes. So, um... But before we get into anything about the show uh, regarding reviewing it or whatever, we're going to talk about some newsworthy stuff that's been on the internet for the last week. So, Sarah, what do we have? First things first, a bit of bad news. <laughs> um, I was on IMDb and just checking out the you know the titles for each episode, and I'm like, they're missing a couple. Where's nine and ten? And I go do a bit of digging, and it turns out they're not going to do 10 episodes. There's only going to be 8 episodes, meaning we're already a fourth of the way through. My heart broke. <laughs> to know that we're a fourth of the way through, like, uh, after all we've waited. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, shocking, because I know 10 episodes was what they uh, initially said, and I think we all just assumed that 10 is what we're beginning. Uh, 10 episodes each season, but at least for this season, we're only getting eight. Does that mean that future seasons will only get eight as well? We don't really know. It's probably depending on a variety of factors like budget and all that stuff and what, what's required and how they're going to tell the story and all that stuff. So, The Game of Thrones does. <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah. So right. to let you guys know, the last episode, episode eight, is going to premiere June 18th. <laughs> How fast is that? Like literally, this we're recording this on May tenth. It's you know a month and four days away, like or eight days, a month and eight days away. Like, come on, <laughs> it's so not enough time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, let me say this up front because uh, it's going to be kind of important. So, uh, when we were planning out our vacation time, you know, like when we like my wife and I would be going on vacation. We looked ahead and we decided, you know, we're going to do the, you know, mid to the middle of the month. So we're going to be gone uh, like 14th to the 21st. So <laughs> initially I thought, okay, if worse comes to worse, uh, I figured you could just do that episode solo where we would have like a guest host come on with you uh, just so that, you know, you could review it with somebody. Um, but that's going to be our season finale. That's going to be our season finale because at the time it was like, okay, if I got to miss an episode, I'd rather not. But, you know, go on vacation. So what are you going to do? Well, turns out, yeah, it's going to be our, our finale. So what we're going to do is it's going to air on uh, the 18th. And so that will be on a Sunday. Uh, we're not going to get back until sometime on Wednesday. So... Um, tentatively, um, we're going to try and, uh, you know, when we get back, uh, I want to be able to, you know, record the episode. So if worse comes to worse, I'm just letting everyone know if worse comes to worse, we may not get around to being able to record and get the episode up until Thursday. And the other thing I can to like get it edited and put out the same night that we actually record. So if we do record it on a Wednesday when the finale does come, uh, we will get, you know, that out immediately uh, for you. If if we do get back really late and it's just not a possibility, then, you know, we'll probably just, just do it on Thursday. But hopefully we'll be able to do it on, on Wednesday, so on the 21st. Yeah, because 
June 18th. I mean, I won't be able to say till June 19th. We usually record it the day after. That'd be the 20th. You get back on the 21st, you know, doing it that day or the 22nd. It makes sense, too, because it'll, it'll be the season finale. We want something really big, so it'll be okay. <laughs> right, I know. And it, you don't have another, you know, episode to review after that. It's just going to be us wrapping up the season and, you know, talking about stuff. And uh, we'll also be, between now and the finale airing, we're going to, you and I are going to be talking about, you know, what we're going to do moving forward, you know, with the podcast in terms of how much content we're going to be getting out, uh, you know, between season one and season two. So uh, let's just, uh, you know, we'll figure that out and then we'll kind of update everyone and make an announcement uh, as we get closer to, as we, well, as we get closer, when we do get to the end of the season, we'll, we'll discuss yeah. what we're doing. So, um, all right. So, that's that for yeah, the eight episodes, and we also thought we'd give you um, the ratings uh, for stars. Uh, this doesn't include Amazon. I was taking a look. I couldn't find you know, how many viewers from Amazon watched American Gods. If any of you have found that, please send it my way, AmericanGodsPodcast at gmail.com. But for the stars ratings, um, for the Bone Orchard season premiere, um, just shy of a million people watched it, 975,000. And that's definitely short of what we thought it would be, but it's in no ways bad. Apparently, it's actually you know pretty average, pretty good for a first episode, so can't complain too much. I'm curious to see if that picks up or not. Uh, there's always going to be a drop-off after the first episode, like the second episode it was 710,000, but that's normal. So hopefully by the third episode, we're going to see that pick up and, you know, the viewership build. But yeah, we're definitely a little surprised though. We thought there would definitely be more people watching, but I don't know. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, all I guess we can say is to implore implore anybody who's listening to the podcast who is a fan of American Gods as a book, uh, probably... I would assume be a fan of the show. Uh, so we just implore you to continue to watch the show and tell everybody that you know. I mean, tell friends, tell family, uh, somebody that you've been raving, you know, about this show to or the book and, you know, like sit them down in front of a TV and just force <laughs> them, like pry open their eyelids like <laughs> a clockwork orange and, right? and force them to, to watch the show. Um, harass people in the street just stop them suddenly and tell them to watch american gods you know get the word out <laughs> yeah do everything you can uh because every little bit helps right and we saw what hannibal uh was like in terms of viewership now hannibal had more viewers than you know this show than american gods but you know that's on network tv so something like 2.5 or 2.8 million people watching hannibal wasn't very many um and it sounds like, okay, boy, you know, 975,000, it's not exactly a ton. Uh, but, you know, Stars is, it's a cable network. So there's going to be a lot less people that have access to that because there's simply a lot less people that will, you know, pay for the subscription to the network. So the pool of people is significantly smaller than network TV. So it sounds really small and it's not huge, but, you know, some of the best shows that are on stars like Outlander get, you know, 1.3 or 1.4 or 1.2 million viewers. So, you know, 
they're getting enough to where they're getting renewed season after season. So I, I think it's not like, okay, alarm, be worried. you know, be alarmed or, or sound the alarm. Uh, but it does make you understand that it's important that you tune in for every episode and continue to watch, continue to spread the word and get it out there. And hopefully, you know, if we get to a point where we're crossing the $1 million mark every week, uh, I think then you can probably breathe a sigh of relief. But just continue to watch and continue to uh, support the show. Yeah, exactly. Just it's just it's you know baby stages. We want to keep it growing and you know building viewership. So hopefully, like it's it's very normal for the second season to dip. Premieres always have more attention, more repeat watches. Um, but hopefully, the third episode will see that bump back up. It's pretty normal for new tv shows so fingers crossed <laughs> i want to see it go up not down oh definitely yeah this, this is our baby <laughs> like, we've been waiting for this oh, we've been doing this for a year you know in preparation <laughs> for this show we don't want to just find out that you know after one season they're gonna they're gonna just cancel it or something we don't want to go through hannibal all over again oh, God. you I know mourned hannibal for a good solid year <laughs> i can't go through it again <laughs> <laughs> It's like ah, next show we cover it's all it's gonna be a major hit. Period. You know, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So yep. Yeah. Anyway, just continue to watch and continue to to support uh, both the podcast and the show. Hopefully, you support the podcast. You know, because uh, you know we're here for you guys. We're we're here to comment on the show and to to be a guess, a kind of like a vessel for you know just discussion. So that's what we do here. Absolutely. So. so without further ado, let's get into what you're actually here for. <laughs> right, right. So let's get into American Gods, and uh, we'll start out, I think, with the introduction of Mr. Nancy. Oh, she long dead. <laughs> she wouldn't give it up for Hannes up there, so he threw her off the boat. Did you know your mama couldn't swim? You all need to work on that. Take swimming lessons. This is how we get stereotypes. Anansi. You won't help? Fine. Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, a man got fucked. Now, how is that for a story? Because that's the story of black people in America. <laughs> Shit, you all don't know you black yet. You think you just people. Let me be the first to tell you that you are all black. The moment these Dutch motherfuckers set foot here and decided they white and you get to be black and that's the nice name they call you, let me paint a picture of what's waiting for you on the shore. You arrive in America, land of opportunity, milk and honey, and guess what? You all get to be slaves, split up, sold off, and worked to death. The lucky ones get Sunday off to sleep and fuck and make more slaves and all for what? For cotton, indigo, for a fucking purple shirt. The only good news is the tobacco your grandkids are gonna farm for free. 
is going to give a shitload of these white motherfuckers cancer. And I ain't even started yet. A hundred years later, you're fucked. A hundred years after that, fucked. A hundred years after you get free, you still getting fucked out of job and shot at by police. You see what I'm saying? This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry. Angry is good. Angry gets shit done. You shed tears for Kumpi and Nancy, and here he is telling you. You are staring down the barrel of 300 years of subjugation, racist bullshit, and heart disease. He is telling you there is one goddamn reason you shouldn't go up there right now and slit the throats of every last one of these Dutch motherfuckers and set fire to this ship! Mana, you got me like a boko. And you need a You are already dead, asshole. At least die a sacrifice for something worthwhile. Let the motherfucker burn. Let it all burn. Sarah, I know you've been wanting to talk about this pretty much since the uh, episode ended. So, uh, tell me your thoughts on the introduction to uh, Mr. Nancy. This was by far the greatest character introduction I've ever seen. It was so incredibly powerful. Orlando Jones, you shined. You freaking knocked this out of the park. I had shivers all through my body watching this. I, I felt exhilaration, passion. It makes you feel everything that Anansi's trying to emote and you know, the rage and the uproar. It was so well delivered, so perfect, and nothing held back. You know, full on just putting it out there as it is, blatant. Oh, I loved it so much. Orlando Jones is the spider god for sure. Like <laughs> he is perfect. Nobody else could take this ever. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> basically you're right. Uh, it really was fantastic. You know, it was a great, great introduction. I loved the rage. Um, I loved, I loved everything about it. I loved his suit, the way he looked just oh perfect. Oh my God. Yes. 
and I uh, I tweeted while I was watching this. The one of the first tweets of the night for when I was live tweeting watching this was, "If I had a dick, it'd be rock hard." After watching this speech, <laughs> praise the Spider God. I was like, "Oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen." Uh, fair point. Fair point. I think and <laughs> this episode you see enough of that. Right, there is quite a bit, and we can talk about that here oh, as yeah. well. Um, so let me ask you a quick question here, because it's um, something I think other people brought up after this episode aired. You know, they said, "Well, you know, Mister Nancy, you know, he's sitting here, he's talking in English to to <laughs> slaves who don't understand English. I wouldn't expect That's them to." That's true. Um, and someone said, "Well, please explain that." So the only way I can explain this there's two things practically i think orlando probably to be able to learn that entire speech uh in a different language would have been exceptionally difficult i'm sure um so there's that possibility i also think the only other way i can explain it is that for our for us we we see him speaking in english but to them, he's probably speaking in their language or something like yeah. that. Like, that's the only way that it makes any sense. Um, I kind of just accept that he's a god and whatever he speaks, it's heard in every language. To which, yeah, right. So that's right. Exactly. So um, that's kind of what I was thinking in that we understand it in English. They understand it in their language. So. Yeah, yep. no, I agree. I think that's just got to be the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> you can only go so far. So he breaks the chains. He gives this big speech. He says, you guys, because he starts making, he like makes references to things that they just simply wouldn't understand, which is fine. Um, it's also a little weird because it's like, okay, so he knows the future. I guess so. Um, but, but apart from that, um, I also think that regardless of what, of what they understood or how much they understood, they understood the anger. That, and they understood, they understood the injustice and the what was going to happen to them uh, down the road. So I think that's kind of like the point here. Yeah. And so the anger was the, the big thing. They understood what he was getting at ultimately. So they, he frees them, frees them from their shackles. They get up, they go, they slit the, thro the throats of <laughs> the people on the ship and they burn the ship while out at sea. A beautiful sight, a wonderful image and a great way to start the episode. Yes. Powerful. So strong. I mean, for a cold open, it's pretty darn hot and fiery. <laughs> right. It is very, very good. Uh, so the next thing we see is Shadow uh, in the rain. Uh, he's hanging from the tree. Uh, it's the, the, the limb snaps. He falls uh, to the ground. And yeah, there's like this. You still see like the blood flying. Um <laughs> However, he does he does make his way. Well, he does go to the hospital first. That he gets taken to the hospital. He gets stitched up. The doctor's like asking, "Did you get shot?" Right. Do I look like I got shot? <laughs> I look like I the shit kicked out of me. Thank you. Yeah, and he asks questions because he has to know: Should I call the cops? Do I need to call the cops? Yeah. Um, Shadow, of course, doesn't want them to call the cops because he got sucked into a virtual reality and beaten up by faceless guys. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, don't call the cops. <laughs> exactly. So, uh he gets stitched up well enough, knocks on Wednesday's door. 
Oh, Mr. Wednesday. Our first shot of him and the dirty little pervert that he is. Yep. So he opens up the door and he just, I love, I love his, his attitude, his snarky attitude. (laughs) Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great scene between these two. Of course, Shadow's irritated. Uh, Wednesday lets him in. And he sees the the girl on the bed who is maybe eighteen, <laughs> big uh, maybe, big maybe. Um, Shadow's just like shakes his head, like, "What the hell, mate?" You know, this is what you're doing. Well, this is happening to me. <laughs> right. So they go out. They go back out. Uh, Shadow stomping away, and he he tells Wednesday, "He's look, you know, this is what happened to me. I was picked up by this kid, uh, and and that's when Sh- uh, Wednesday." understands suddenly what actually happened here and he starts to get a little pissed he's like they don't know who they're fucking with they don't know what the fucking doing you know that she's just going <laughs> on a tirade um i do like that mr wednesday you know he is calm but he makes it clear to shadow like yes i'm calm on the outside but do not mistake that for there's not anger inside you are my man and uh a f- attack against you is a direct attack on me and it won't go unnoticed like i love that you know he puts that out there right this won't be forgotten but but you know and rightfully so shadow's so incensed by this and it's just so weirded out by everything he's just seen that he's like ready to walk and wednesday mollifies him by like doubling his salary you know (laughs) so he's like fine that'll help i guess uh so drenched in blood um Shadow goes back to his hotel room. He cleans himself up as best he can. Uh, Sits in a dirty bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, do you want an infection? Because that's yeah. how you get an infection. <laughs> right. Right. And and so, yeah. Um, but there's more things to do. And there's the – what I really like here is what they did with, with Shadow. And I, and I actually wish, looking back, that they had done this in the book. Because I think after Laura's funeral – in the book, they kind of rushed him out of town so quickly. Whereas I feel like this was a vast improvement and it made a lot more sense logically where Shadow goes back to their house. Yeah. Got to talk about his shirt for a second. Oh, go he's ahead. Wearing, yeah. He's wearing a Hotel America shirt, but it's a buffalo. And I'm just like, God, even like the littlest details like that, I'm like... That's amazing. Order me one of those. I'm. I want one. <laughs> you have my ticket, sir. That I totally want that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. I noticed the buffalo too. I thought that was a really great touch there. And I'm like, the, if you make those, manufacture those, people are going to buy them for sure. Uh, they are awesome. Oh, you know it, right? <laughs> yeah, like I'll buy a few of those. <laughs> Ah, uh, so yeah, that was great touch, and I do like that he went back to the house, and it kind of gives us, it, for especially for TV, getting to see what their home life kind of looked like is important. You feel, you know, more connection to Shadow and something to Laura as well, who we have, you know, basically seen nothing of her yet except she's a body. <laughs> well, right. So like before he even gets to the house, he's laying in after he. He soaks in the tub. He takes his ring off, sits right. on the edge of the tub, and then he's sleeping. And in this dream or whatever, he uh, Laura wa- uh, walks through the door, right? Yeah. So, um, 
and he's like, I thought you were dead. And, she, and that's like the scene we saw in the trailer where she said, like, who, who died, puppy? And um, he kind of he kind of wakes up and, and looks around and realizes it was a dream. And, of course, that leads to him going home. And like you said, with the, the white buffalo shirt uh, on. <laughs> um, I, there are so many things I love about the scenes when he's at the house. Um, yes. Because... This makes so much sense to me, and I really, like I said, I really wish that Neil Gaiman had written this into the the book, because you would go home naturally. There are things there. I mean, even if there isn't a lot there that belongs to you, there's still some stuff you have to go through, things you have to uh, take care of. Um, and so he goes back, goes inside there's all these boxes and things he needs he's to get things boxed up and he's to have them to, you know put in storage probably before he even goes to the house though uh the kid on the bicycle who's delivering newspapers nails him in the back with a newspaper did you see that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely i remember yeah, that yeah i would have been like if i was shadow i would have picked that up and just pelted him <laughs> like i am done taking anyone's shit <laughs> especially from you uh so they so he goes inside there's um a welcome home thing set up for a shadow there are uh, dead balloons hanging off of uh the lights above the table you know what's really great here in terms of the set design is this really looks like a lived in house you know yeah. it's not a really i mean it's not a really really great house like it's not upper middle class i mean it, it's something like that they could have conceivably afforded afforded yeah right um you know it's a normal just a normal house to go in and uh he he sees kind of like a vision of his wife laying on the bed as he remembers her or probably as he last saw her on that bed probably the last time they were together um and then he kind of just comes to, and of course the bed is is messed up, probably from the last time she slept there. Uh, he, you know, he sits on the bed. You can just tell he's is it. The reality is starting to truly hit him now. Yeah, and he is actively avoiding the coroner's box that yep. he, he doesn't want to see. What was she wearing that night she died? what was on her and worst of all you know now that he knows about her and robbie what's on her phone because this day and age everything is on a phone right yeah, yeah. so he, he he avoids it as long as he can but eventually you know after he takes everything and puts in the boxes and and gets them all stacked he he has no choice he it's now time and so he opens up the box he starts looking through, you know, some of the things that that are in there. Um, but the really important thing, and like her ring, there's her ring. He takes the ring out. He fingers Pretty it. Pretty ring too. Yeah. yeah, it's it's nice. But ultimately, it's the phone, right? That's the the yeah. big thing. <laughs> and I'm like, even before he pulled it, I'm like, oh god, there's gonna be like something horrible in there dick pics and all this stuff and then he opens it and I'm like oh thank god <laughs> you know nothing there and he scrolls up and I'm like ah there it is right <laughs> of course right yeah it makes sense right you know so um, I want to know the conversation on set that day <laughs> like okay who's well hung and is a trooper here 
Yeah, which one? Like, which one of my camera operators wants to be in the show? <laughs> right. I'm like, if that's Dane Cook, then Bravo, man. Right. It. It's. But I'm pretty sure that's an extras. Yeah, just junk. some guy, you know. Um. You know, and I feel so bad for Shadow. I mean, obviously, it's a confirmation of what Audrey had said. Uh, it's it's real proof, not just blithing or. Uh, or uh, something that, that Audrey blindly just told him um, yeah. because she heard it from somebody and it was unfounded rumor. I mean, now there's actual proof and he's mad. I mean, he's down there scrubbing the floor and he's just so angry and just sad and, and just he's like grinding that sponge into the ground. And it's so, so much so that, that, he that it, bleeding. Yeah, he actually cuts his <laughs> oh. own fingers open. Yeah, that was like the cringiest thing. Ever like oh gross right so he loads like, up yeah buckets of blood fine but you scrape up nails just a little bit and that's the part that's hard to watch yeah and like he he, he bandages up his fingers he tries to do the coin trick and it it won't work cause it's the band aids in the way so yep. the, the truck is loaded up it moves away and Wednesday's there so yeah thank goodness they can just get the hell out yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. So, you know, Wednesday tells them something. He says, you know, hey, look, I know that uh, I'm just telling you this beforehand. You're probably going to be pissed at me, but just don't hit me. Uh, at least be prepared. And he tells them essentially that, you know, there's only so much time that he is required uh, to mourn his wife's loss and let it essentially rule his life, like not to give it the power. To, to rule his life, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Know when to let it go and just be able to be yourself again and not let it hover above you. Right. Precisely. Exactly. So, uh, right. So they get on the road, the drive, and, and you know, Shadow, uh, well, first of all, Wednesday is doing the coin trick on his fingers because way better yeah. than Shadow, <laughs> and he's making things appear and disappear like Mad Sweeney was doing. Um, Shadow, of course, is still like, "How are you doing that?" You know, he's so irritated. He's like, Dude, you you've been abducted by virtual reality, and you've seen so much stuff by now that still weirds you out. <laughs> like, you should just be getting used to it by this point. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday doesn't want to go on the highways. He wants to go on back roads only. Of course, there's a reason for that because it makes people that want to find them makes it much harder for them to do uh, do the finding. So. And he also the Jack Kerouac kind of you know thought you know take the road less traveled. You know, who gives a shit about seeing the same old highway over and over again? Back roads, you you find weird things and you see something new. Right. Right. So uh, Shadow wants to know where they're going. And he says, okay, well, we are going to be going to Chicago. That's that's one thing. So um, that's where his hammer that's is. That's where the hammer is. Right. Right. <laughs> so and we know what the hammer means, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> I think only well, book readers, of course, know what the hammer is. But you know, if you are new to the show and haven't read the books, I can understand being like, you're driving to Chicago for a hammer. What's your problem? <laughs> and probably wouldn't understand at first, but yeah, it becomes pretty obvious really quickly <laughs> who they're after. Right, right. So they get uh, they get to a diner, and 
when or Wednesday oh, has yes. a Wednesday has a meeting in mm-hmm. in this diner. He gives Shadow a list of things. However, he needs him to go pick up, and yeah, like he says, you know, my situation's a bit light at the moment, so I don't expect you to skim more than five percent off of the money <laughs> I give you. And Shadow's like, I'm not gonna take any. He's like, Why the hell not? Like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? <laughs> right, like. You're not stealing from me, then you're a weirdo. <laughs> right. He's like, you bring me the, the the receipts, you know, reasonable five percent, and, and you know, I, you can't look out for yourself. Like, how the hell are you gonna look out for me? <laughs> like, I expect you <laughs> yeah, to steal. Awesome. I expect you to steal money off of me. It's just this common sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially in that business, yeah, it's common sense. Right. So. uh Shadow goes to do some shopping and he goes, he's picking up this, but whatever's on the list, he's throwing stuff in the cart. He walks into like, you know, where there's a big display of TVs on either side. And uh, that's where we get this scene. Not so fast. We need to talk, Shadow. Look at me, Shadow. All in high def. We shot the show in 35 millimeter. Cutting edge. Looks like hell in the transfer. Funny how things supposed to make you look good only make it worse. I can't even fill the whole screen. What the fuck is this? Just little old me. Lucy Ricardo. I'm all swords, Shadow. The screen's the altar. I'm the one they sacrificed to. Then till now. Golden age to golden age. They sit side by side, ignore each other, and give it up to me. Now they hold a smaller screen in their lap or in the palm of their hands so they don't get bored watching the big one. Time and attention. Better than lamb's blood. Huh. They beat your pretty face all up. I hate that. I hate that they were hurting you, Shadow. I would never do that to you, honey. No. I want to offer you a job. Doing what? Working for me. I want you in my camp with us. Look at it like this, Shadow. We're the coming thing. We are already here. We We are are self-driving cars and 3D printers and subdermal time-release insulin. And your old boss is still selling oranges on the side of the road. Not even organic. We are now, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow. And he ain't even yesterday anymore. I heard about the trouble you have with the technical boy. I was impressed with how you dealt with him. Efficient, no-nonsense, effective. Who'd have thought you had it in you? He was underestimating you, sweetheart. They all are. Not a mistake I'll make. Yeah, well, I don't want to work for you. I love Lucy. We're done. Whatever the old guys are giving you, I can give you so much more. You name it, honey. What do you need? Hey, you ever wanted to see Lucy's tits? Don't fight gravity, Shadow. I've been at this a while. Not as long as some, but I've seen things. Guys like you end up a suicide every time. I'm trying to help you. Keep your neck out of the belt. 
All right, Sarah, take it away. Finally, we get to see Media. Oh my god, I was so happy. When he like turned to the TVs, I'm like, yes! <laughs> Finally! Jillian Anderson. Oh my god, she kills it, too. Like, there's nobody in this show that doesn't absolutely kill their role. But, I mean, it was perfection. Like, right from the book kind of perfection. You know, exactly what you imagine in your brain. Her whole voice, her demeanor, um, her, she's trying to, like, bargain, but also trying to have, have this power over him, and Oh, Jillian Anderson. Like, she's perfect for everything she ever does. <laughs> I'm so happy to see her. Uh, I kind of was hoping we'd see more, not just that one scene, but you know, I'm still grateful that we get to see her because it was pretty amazing, right? Well, it was it was great. It was really great. Um, a lot of it... And you get the infamous line. The infamous line. And the infamous line is... Hey, you ever want to see Lucy's tits? Right. And I tweeted, yes, yes, and I still do. No, don't go, don't leave. Damn it, Shadow. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Like, you showed us a dick pic, but that we can't see. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a really great scene. Um, a lot of it is kind of verbatim right out of the book, which is yep. perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. They just do a really great job, and I love the, the charm that she gives she does a really great job here because she doesn't try to completely mimic like Lucy to a T or or even the voice. The voice has some elements of the Lucy's Lucy's voice without it sounding like she's trying to duplicate it perfectly. Um and I think that's great because if you try, I think, too hard, it actually makes it feel faker than it really is you know like you understand like it you can really go too far in trying to mimic a famous uh actor actresses like voice and mannerisms where i feel like she did she just hit the perfect note there you know yeah absolutely i completely agree i mean it was perfect I mean, I can't even, like, boast about it more. It was just pure perfection. Like, and it was great. Everything I hoped. I love the charm that she had. Like, when she, she does the whole, did you ever want to see Lucy's tits? She gives it, like, a sly wink, you know? Yeah, there. it's not awkward. It's very well played, very charming and charismatic. Yeah, yeah, it, right. And, like, that's something Lucy would have said and winked if she ever would have said that, which I know she wouldn't have <laughs> on the show. I get it. But if that, if, if she if she had ever done that, she would have done it that way it would have been with a, oh for sure yeah it would have been a, like a little little charm added on at the end there you know so uh, a really wonderful wonderful scene you know like i said jillian anderson really just nailed it uh as media here uh everything that we think i think we'd hope for in her role as media was confirmed definitely confirmed Absolutely. here sure so yeah i couldn't agree more um, I love that after, oh, by the way, this store, it's a Canadian tire. Just, just saying this is in Canada, this scene. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, oh my god, that's a Canadian tire. <laughs> They're in Toronto. But yeah, anyways, uh, I love when he uh, goes back to Wednesday with a cell phone. <laughs> and He's just like, what the hell is this? Like, this is the enemy's technology literally in his hands. <laughs> like, of course, that's a huge insult to Mr. Wednesday. Yeah. It is. Uh, but when they get back to the diner, uh, Shadow goes inside. Right, right. Uh, obviously, we now learn that Wednesday was uh, meeting with uh, another character that we'll come to probably see more of, which is uh, Jin. Yeah. 
Um, we see him walk past Shadow. We it's like that image from the trailer where we see the eyes are like on fire. Yep. Um, so that is cool. Very cool. I really hope that that's something we're gonna see next episode. I'd be so happy. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we'll get more of him and much sooner rather than later. Um, but anyway, this is down to have a chat, right? And um, Shadow is just going crazy. He's like, I think I'm losing my mind. And, you know, Wednesday is just in his Wednesday way <laughs> playing along. And, you know, Shadow is just like, hey, look, Lucy, talk to me. Like, like I'm talking like <laughs> she was talking at me. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, Wednesday is saying like, look, your life is not, is not sane anyway, you know? So, you know, the universe has kind of singled you out, you know, for unique abuse. And, you know, so like, sorry, this is what you have coming to you. Yeah. Like either the world is crazy or you are but what does it like really matter? <laughs> you just have to keep going and stop analyzing it and just kind of keep going with what's happening. Yeah. Like it can't be analyzed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I like, I like how he says, uh, you know, cause I mean, shadow is, is crazy. Or is, is angry, but he's feels like he's going crazy here. And, Wednesday kind of makes a fair point, which is, you know, you might have have to be asked to to make a bigger sacrifice than just your sanity, you know. So there are bigger sacrifices to be made beyond that. So yep. you're you're kind of getting off light right now. Is basically what he's saying. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you signed the deal with uh, Mr. Wednesday, you agreed to be, you know, his vigil if something happened, and I'm pretty sure at this point you still don't know what that means. Might have wanted to Google that, because <laughs> that will probably come up in the future. <laughs> yeah. You know? So the driving's on the road, and that's when Shadow gives him the the cell phone because <laughs> he's like, "Hey, I have a cell phone." Wednesday, he's like, "Why the hell would I want this thing?" So he just chucks it out the window. You know, I mean, and then chucks shadows out the window. <laughs> right. Like what a jerk. Yeah. Yep. Um, but they do, however, make their way to Chicago. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. I'm literally like the seat. Every time you see Chernabog, it just gives me shivers. And Zoria, like, this is by far my favorite part so far out of the two episodes. Seeing Chernabog and Zoria, I mean, it hits home so hard. Like, this is the pure nostalgia from the book. Like, this hits as close to home as i've been so far right but before we get there we have to talk about bilquis so oh my god i totally forgot this scene oh yeah it just like cuts to like you know being in the universe and out floating in space is a guy with a massive heart on i know <laughs> when right? i first saw that i was like what <laughs> like I, I actually went back i had to pause it because i was like did i just see what i thought i saw right and, and then like your spouse is like what are you looking at? <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I'm seeing what I think I'm seeing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I actually had to, like, I actually paused it, and I'm like, why the hell am I looking at this without actually, like, continuing on watching? Because if I continued on watching, I would have gotten it. But I'm like, why the hell is there a naked man in this American gods in space? I'm like, oh, Bill Quist is coming up next. I get it. That's where they go after they get swallowed. I'm on board now. <laughs> Yeah, and it, and it seems like he's like in pure ecstasy. 
You yeah, know, frozen forever like that. Yep. I mean, that's, Don't blame him. It does seem like there's a lot of space for a lot of people, so at least there's that. You know? <laughs> right? Like she she's definitely cleared up a lot of space for you know, the rest of eternity. <laughs> right. So, you know, we see a, a combination of a whole lot of scenes with a lot of different lovers, you know, that she has. Oh yes. Uh and she is not picky. So like she pretty much nope. will go with anybody age you know, gender doesn't really matter for her. It's just about the, what they're able to give her, you know, exactly. So she takes it. And as we saw in the first episode, you know, if she's starting to appear like she's a little older, you know, by doing this, it, it makes her younger. It restores her youth and it restores her power because after we see all the combination of all the people that she, she is with, we see her go to, uh, this museum and inside this glass case are things that, you know, pertain to her time and things that she, she once would have adorned on her body right, kind of thing. Right. So I thought that was really cool and really interesting. What did you think? Yeah, especially how they had like her body raise up and then you can see exactly where they would have laid on her body. And you're like, oh, okay, I see. I understand. And you know, it was really nice touch and getting to see like this is what Bilquis would have worn you know, in her time. It's really cool. And the statue too. Yes. Yeah, that statue's great as well. And like, I'm curious, like it does look really authentic. I wonder if that is like a true statue depicted of, you know, this goddess. Um, I should have looked into that, but I wonder if maybe possibly. I, I wouldn't put put it past Brian Fuller to seek out you know an actual statue depicted to her and actually have it filmed there. I wouldn't be surprised. I won't be surprised either. I really wouldn't. <laughs> uh, but the next scene after the Bilquist stuff, which is is great, is we see Shadow meeting Zoria. Zoria's locking up the door. She's she or uh, Wednesday walks up and. Uh, introduce well doesn't have to really introduce herself she knows exactly who he is and she's less than receptive uh oh yeah initially and uh but uh he sweet talks her a little bit and we see them in the kitchen they're they're chatting he's like you look gorgeous you have not aged he's really laying on the charm here <laughs> yeah but he yeah. he's also about presence yeah it does seem to be like there's a a bit of genuineness in his, you know, words. Like, I think he actually has quite a bit of affection for Zoria. It's not just, you know, charm to get into the house to talk to Turnblad. I think there's, you know, I think they're going to include a bit of, you know, romance in there. You know? I think he's known Zoria for, for a very, very long time. So I think there's mm -hmm. a genuine connection between those two. Not just, like, he doesn't just yeah. put it on to get what he wants. Exactly. I agree. So, but yeah, <laughs> they're home, and and I like how they've um depicted the Zorias, how you know, the she's the oldest, and the um the next sister is kind of middle aged, know, middle aged, yeah. and then as we've seen in pictures, you know, the nighttime Zoria, she's very young. Yeah, I like that. Like that's a smart thing to do. Yeah, I like that the middle sister uh was being given some steamy romance novels. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's pretty cute. Which she's like, when she meets Shadow, she looks down at the romance novels like, well, I know what I'll be thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're all like, oh, damn, somebody's going to be in a sex dream. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, anyway, they're all in the kitchen there, and 
that's when Zoria says, you know, hey, I, I I read the future. I I can, you know, predict the future, like palm readings and things like that. That's how they make their money, you know. Free tea leaves. Tea leaves and all, all that, that goodness. Stuff. Uh, I love I love Shadow like drinking this tiny little cup of coffee because it seems like it's really too small for him. Like he's oh yeah yeah it's like he's got like sip it. It's like for a child. He's such a big guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then like when he's done and they read like the coffee grounds or whatever, and uh, she's going on about you you'll live a long life and have many children. He's like wow it's that bad huh? (laughs) Like I I can see right through you. (laughs) Right is great. So, uh, we also got to see our first image of Chernabog when he's uh, out next to a, a cow and he kind of okay. takes that, that thing and just like puts it on the head and it just like shoots him in the head and they die instantly. I was like, thanks for the warning, yep. Brian Filler. <laughs> but in terms of getting our first actual look at Chernabog, he comes through the door, uh, he, he walks in and he... He sees, you know, Wednesday, and he says, like, Wednesday's like, hello, da-da-da, and, like, Chernabog just grabs the lamp and chucks it at his head. <laughs> you know, Wednesday ducks and comes up with, like, this giant wheel of cheese and... And, like, cigarettes. Yeah. And, yeah, I brought gifts. <laughs> yeah. And he, oh, my God, he, I love Chernabog. He hands him over, and Chernabog's just, he's not having anything of it, you know? He's just like, I... I don't want you here. I don't need you here. But I've been invited for a meal. And you can see the look on Chernobog's face just like, oh, great. Ugh, I have no <laughs> choice. Now that they've been officially invited to the meal, it's not a whole lot uh, I can do. But he's like, make dinner first. You know, basically make dinner first, let them eat, and then kick them out of here. Period. <laughs> then you're gone. But yeah, manners matter in that household. And, you know, certain protocols have to be followed. If you're invited for dinner, you get to stay for dinner. Yeah. I like that. And that's the whole, like, the, the tea leaves, the the stuff, like, with Shadow in the, the kitchen. And uh, that's when they talk about him, like, going to be having, like, a long life and children and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and then we get uh, this scene between Chernabog and Wednesday while they're sitting in the other room. Can you get out? I want you to get out and take your man with you. Or I will break him open and I will choke you slowly with his eyes. I'm not going with you anywhere. What's the matter? Let her wake up. Let your sister hear this con man, this son of a bitch, come into my home and try to make me die. You brought that madness into my life once. Never again. They'll all be there. Everyone except you. Each of them thinking they know what strong is. And if you're not there to show them otherwise, they respect you. They know you. No, no, no. They don't know me. You know me. You know what these hands have done. You don't want me. You want my brother. And he's not here. Then we'll die. It will be glorious, win or lose. I'm tired of glorious. Is something wrong? Nothing at all, my sister. Go back to sleep. I'm not successful. We should go. Said you needed him. There's always another way. No, no, no. Food is cooked. Soraya Vershenyanya invited you for dinner, right? 
So you stay and you eat, otherwise she will be insulted. You understand? But if you want to leave after, I will hold open the door. All right, Sarah. Thoughts? Oh, I mean, every episode that you play, I'm just going to be like, this is the best scene ever. <laughs> that is going to be me every single time. Uh, just hearing Chernovog and Shadow, or uh, Shadow, Mr. Wednesday talk to each other. Uh, it's fantastic. It's done so well. I mean, it's perfection. Like, everything in this show is perfect. You cannot complain. And Peter Stormare... Oh my God! Does he does he does this so well? I mean, the accent. I mean, he he is naturally has an accent, but he lays it on real thick. And I mean, it's, he does it so well. Like, you can't complain, right? It's so good. Oh, it's perfect. It really is. It's really fantastic stuff from him. He really seems to embody this role. Um, yes, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I, I I'm I'm guessing he probably read the book or at, or at the very very least all of the sections of the book that involved Chernobog and uh, probably had a lot of conversations with Neil Gaiman I think all the actors probably had long conversations with Neil Gaiman you know I mean oh, for why sure. not go right to the source to get all the information you could possibly need uh, but I'm pretty sure at the very least all the actors read their parts of the book uh, if not the entire book it you know it's not a long book. It's, you know, if you really sat down and just said, I'm going to read through American Gods and I'm going to dedicate hours of my time, like each day, you could probably finish the entire book in, I don't know, three days, you know? So you're really dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. Three or four days. If you read like, like three, maybe three hours a day, three, four hours a day, you probably get through the whole book in like 12 to 15 hours. So, you know. And uh, Peter Stormare's smile as Chernabog is the uh, strangest thing because the smile, it's so warm, but the eyes are crazy. So there's this darkness behind it that just, it's really unsettling. Well, it's a smile with warmth, but eyes are cold and dead. Yes, like it's really unsettling to look at, but it's it's really well acted. uh, I can't rave enough, (laughs) And they did him so well, like, even when he changed into clean clothes, it still looks like old, dirty clothes. Yeah. Like, everything is so well done. Yep. Oh. He does a great job here. He, Like I said, he really embodies the character. They all do. You know, um, Cloris Leachman, you know, we didn't even talk about her yet. Uh, just a really great job in these scenes here. She's funny. And oh my God, she, yes. she brings the the wit and the humor and and it's kind of like this warm crabbiness, warm crabbiness yes, to the role. I th- that's the other way I can describe it. Like she's crabby, but in a warm way. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, like Shadow's like, I'd be happy to help you in the kitchen. She's like, I murder you first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I laughed so hard. <laughs> It's like, oh, Cloris Leachman, you're the best. And and then when Chernobog's going off about, you know, like, talking about killing cows and some of the how he used to have, you have to be with a hammer and have string. He's like, no cow killing stories at dinner. <laughs> like, this is a regular occurrence. Right. So it's great. really great. Uh, you know, 
he talks about how you need to kill a cow and how he, you know, he's so good at this. And this is like a, an art. It's not just a job. It's like an art form. If you do, you have to smash brains before pain can get to the rest of the body. Right. Just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, good dinner conversation. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. Um, but he talks about playing checkers and he invites uh, Shadow to play a game of checkers with him. And Mr. Wednesday is right there is immediately up. He knows what that means. And of course, Shadow has no idea what that really means. He's just, it's him. It's a game of checkers and he's good at that because he was in jail for three years. What else is there to do? Right. And, and Chernobog shows him the hammer. I mean, he pulls it down off the mantle. <laughs> he... And there's this great scene. It's very, it's it's very phallic in the way he like holds the hammer and he's like rubbing his hand up and down like the shaft of the hammer With and the, the, blood the blood squirting and... out. And it's like, well, yeah. gee, I wonder that ties in definitely to the phallic images uh, so far this episode. Yeah, so, wondering what Chernobyl's sex life is like mm. is a dark place to go. Yeah, into. I don't think I ever want to think about that. <laughs> right. Um, but but they they play checkers and it's it's uh, a close game. However, uh, Chernobog ends up winning. Of course, that means that he is allowed the, apparently the next day, the next morning, to uh, take the hammer and to smash uh, Shadow's head in with a hammer. Poor Shadow. First episode, he gets hung from a tree. Second episode, now he's going to get his brains bashed in. He's just got no luck, this guy. Mad Sweeney needs to hang around him a little bit more. <sighs> Even though Mad doesn't really have enough luck for himself, but... No, I don't think, I don't think Mad Sweeney is the guy you want to go to for luck. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he's got no lucky charms anymore. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, poor and that pretty much ends the episode right there. You know, yeah, and it ends with um, uh, Peter Stormare singing "Secret of the Spoon," "Secret of Spoon," yeah, uh, and it is haunting yeah. and gorgeous. Yeah. Like I want that for my iPod, and I want to listen to it over and over again. It's so great. It's like um, it reminds me of the "In the Pine" song that plays. Uh, when Shadow is at Laura's grave. I think that's the original version, too. Um, I, I think it's by Brian something or other, if I'm not mistaken. But it reminds me of that. It has the same kind of eerie tone, deep uh, graininess to the voice. So great. Loved it. It was great. Yeah. No, it was really great. I love it. You said the haunting aspect of that song, the words, uh, just the tune, uh, the melody. Uh, it all just comes together to have this really wonderful haunting song that uh, he sings mm -hmm. which of course is the the uh, title for episode two um yeah look this is huh, this was a really great episode i know we just did a kind of like a a little recap slash review but we can we can certainly talk a bit more here about the episode so uh i i love that we've made significant progress already in the the show in terms of the journey that shadows on right we're already in chicago right so um i think in terms of the book i think we're further in the book already to the point where they even meet chernabog so the fact that we're only two episodes in and we're already in chicago we're already there we've already played the game of checkers it lets you know i think that 
they're going to take Shadow's journey to the natural endpoint in like the end of season one. I think we're going to see like a couple episodes where we see a significant moving of the narrative. And then I think maybe in the next episode, we won't move quite as far, but we're going to see other characters get more screen time. We're going to see more from Mad Sweeney. We're going to see more from maybe, maybe Laura will be in this next episode a lot more, you know, things like that. So, you know, I, uh, I think next episode, it's t- the third episode is called Head Full of Snow. So anybody who's read the book has an indication of what this is going to be. Uh, so it'll probably be taking uh, place still in Chicago. Maybe by the end of it, they'll be leaving Chicago. But uh, it's probably going to stay there in that city for the entire episode. And hopefully, um, you know, with them being in a major city, it'll also be paralleled with you know somewhere in America doing the Jin and Celine story. That's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Cause I really, I want to see where they're going to, how far they're going to go with it. Like, I mean, they've shown us flat out, you know, dick pics. Right. <laughs> like, right. They, if they wanted to, they, and with Bill Quist, flat out sex, like completely, you see every bit of her. Yeah. They could go for it. Have, them show the entire scene i'm really curious to see if they're going to take it that far yeah you know yeah we'll, we'll have to see how that goes um yeah. yeah but uh it's gonna be interesting here i want to see what they do with laura in terms of like you know we've seen just some images of her but i want to see if we get flashbacks you know are we gonna get flashbacks of their life together we didn't really get much of that in the book but maybe we'll get a little more of of that. We'll see more of their life together. And that's what kind of what I'm hoping for, to get more context to their relationship and what everything was like before, you know, Shadow went into prison. So Yeah. And maybe we'll have like the motel scene where she comes and visits him and uh hopefully we'll get to see her, you know? Yep. As she is. Yeah. <laughs> um Right. So let me think here. Um, I, it's just, it's hard, you know, when you talk about this series, there's so much wonderful imagery and so much, uh, good stuff. I mean, if you're talking about like the, the images and the cinematography, David Slade knocks out of the park for a second episode. Oh, yeah. Of course, he's, he's a great director. Um, I love, you know, they employed the CG where they needed to. Everything else was just well shot and well staged and well lit. Uh, the, the script, wonderful, you know, as, as has been the first two episodes now have been really top notch stuff. Uh, not much I can really think of in the way of negative in this episode. Like I said, there really isn't much of anything. It's just such a well thought out, well planned, uh, as is the case with Brian Fuller, like his, he has such an economy of detail for his TV shows. You know, whether it is Pushing Daisies or Hannibal or this show or whatever, he, it's like, um, you know, it's like Steven Spielberg. Like when Steven Spielberg does a movie, he storyboards the whole thing. So they know exactly what the shots are going to be how you know what they need to do there's not like a, a lot of extra um stuff that's that's shot that is never going to be used so i feel like that's kind of what brian's done here where he he knows what they need 
and they go out and they shoot exactly the scenes they need, no more or no less. I don't think there's much on the cutting room floor, honestly. And so I feel like what that does is it lends itself to creating a much tighter episode, a tighter narrative for each episode. Um, it allows them to craft a, a just a very well done, well crafted, tight uh, season and therefore series. I think it's a hallmark of Brian Fuller as a showrunner writer. Uh, it really lends itself to him being such a phenomenal um, showrunner. So, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so I think that wraps up our recap of the episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of anything else. Anything else you want to mention uh, about this episode? Anything that that you didn't think we touched on well enough? Um, for this i think everything and everything i wanted to talk about definitely got out mm-hmm. can't think of anything else well you didn't talk about how good emily browning looked you know on that on the bed because <laughs> i figured you probably would be like yeah she was pretty gorgeous uh, I'm like i've already gushed about like jillian anderson uh, and i could go on and on like i'm like oh well, i'm just gonna add more flame to the fire right uh but yeah emily browning is Stunning. I even tweeted that, like, my God, like, Emily Browning is too beautiful for words. Like, she, she should not be allowed to be that beautiful. But <laughs> yeah, um, okay. I, I guess before we move on, um, you know, let's talk about the performances in this episode. Uh, how do we think? How do we think that uh, Ricky Whittle did here in season or episode two? Oh, he's he's doing great. I mean, especially when. Um, like, for instance, when he saw Laura's phone, the look of hurt on his face and just, you know, the betrayal and the anger, it's all there in his face. He's doing it so well. And that's something that I was I was wondering about before the season started was, was he going to be able to portray that? Because Shadow is, you know, he doesn't give a lot of emotions. So you have to have, you know, those moments where it's very small in the face and all the little kind of movements from the mouth. And that's the only way it's going to show because he's not going to, you know, go off the handle. That's just not shadow. So having to portray that as an actor is difficult and he's doing really well. Like, I'm really impressed. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's doing a really great job because, you know, in the book, a lot of the stuff with Shadow is internalized. It's internal dialogue. Uh, you don't see a whole lot. Uh, and they've alluded in this show, almost like with a little slight wink, that you know Shadow is kind of makes himself appear dumb when he's not. Um, mm-hmm. That he's actually like a pretty smart guy. And I think it's just like that in the book too, where the reality is Shadow is actually really smart. In the book, though, a combination of his kind of malaise uh, after, you know, Laura died and the grief and everything, um, it kind of closes him off to his, his, his emotions and his desire for life. And so I think that's kind of why Shadow is the way he is in the book. Well, in the show, it's a lot harder to do that. You have a main character who doesn't speak, who's silent most of the time. That's not going to make for a very effective lead. So the the, the smart yeah. thing here by giving Shadow more verbiage, um, whilst also giving him enough scenes where he stays quiet because he's suffering. And I think that's a good balance between a character that needs to talk you know, to push things forward uh, just on his own character's level, but also narratively 
and just on an interaction with other characters. I think it's really smart to do that. So yeah, yeah. completely agree. What about he's doing a good job? What about Wednesday? Ian McShane is he uh, continuing Man, to? He's just amazing. Tra- <laughs> uh, Everyone is doing a perfect job for their roles, and I'm really you know pleasantly. Like I knew, you know, they are great actors and they were going to do these roles wonderfully. I didn't expect it would be so perfect, so, you know, even beyond the book, like, the detail given in the book, they've elevated it and they've given so much more. They're doing a wonderful job and I would not, you know, criticize any part of the acting whatsoever. It's all perfection. <laughs> I can't like gush about it more. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, all I can say to I guess this, let's, let's I guess wrap up our thoughts on this episode. Um, we we've watched a lot of TV. We know quality. I think when we see it, we know what it's like to watch a Brian Fuller show. Um, I think if you were to look at Hannibal and American Gods side by side, you would see, you know, already. I think you know Hannibal to me is one of the greatest shows of all time, yep. um, and American Gods is you know already shaping up to to be following in those footsteps. Now, granted, we're only two episodes in. This thing could fall off the cliff in the next episode <laughs> moving forward. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. Um, however, you know I don't want to make a bold statement as like really pushing this uh, to rank this like a much higher than it needs to only two episodes in but i'm just kind of making it apparent that to anybody that's listening to this this is really high quality stuff you know when you can get all these actors to believe like you do that the material was that good that's you that's when you know they're bringing their a game they're really bringing the best they've got and that in turn gives you a show where all of the performances are near flawless and that doesn't happen as often as you think. Yeah. True that. I mean, this is something special for sure. Yeah. All right. So we're uh, I think done with that, right? You I think we're all good on that? Uh, I guess yeah. we should probably yeah. just what rank or not rank, rank. Let's rate Grade. rate the episode and then we're gonna get into our feedback. Yeah, well, you know, I think this is probably going to be for every single episode. It's an A+, because it was even better than the first it, episode, which I didn't think was possible. Right. Uh, I, I got to agree. I, I I hate to say it. I got to agree. It, it really is. It sounds kind of boring. You know, I feel like maybe I should just throw a, maybe should just throw a B plus in there just to make you go, just to make you like shocked face like on the other side you know the country um like nah we're kidding it's still an a right yeah <laughs> I, I should just be like oh yeah it wasn't very good i'm giving it a c you know uh, <laughs> and then everyone comes after you <laughs> pitchforks for uh yeah virtual pitchforks um yeah i gotta give it an a plus it really is great and we thought the first episode was excellent this one is in a lot of ways better and that's saying something saying something right Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So there's that. So let's get into our feedback because you said we got feedback, which I was a sound to buy. Yes. I know. I'm so happy. We actually have feedback now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we got a write-in from Christine. She writes in, hi, guys. Just finished up the podcast for The Bone Orchard. It's the first of yours that I've listened to, but it won't be the last. Thank you for that, by the way. 
I really enjoy your commentary. It was especially nice to hear the fanable love and your appreciation for Brian Fuller. I love your respect for and knowledge of the source material and Fuller's aesthetic. One of my favorite comments was regarding Fuller's ability to have characters who tell the truth without having others realize it. This is especially true in Hannibal, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of Mr. Wednesday's truth. Amen to that. Um, And then she goes on to tell us that Last episode, and we do want to touch on this, um, some of the audio was out of sync. Uh, this isn't something we caught on, uh, like, within the first ten minutes of the episode. It sounds okay while we're, like, just checking through it, but apparently some of the audio unsyncs throughout the episode. We are very sorry for that, and we're going to try and see if we can't uh, fix it and repost it, because uh, that's not good. We don't want to be doing that, um, but there was definitely technical difficulties on our uh, our side during the whole episode so that probably is the reason why that happened but we're going to try and fix it and repost it yeah yeah i apologize for that it it that whole thing was just crazy uh, I, I think if i remember <laughs> correctly i think i mentioned in the in the episode that uh, our power went out here there was a massive storm yep and so um, i literally had to drive an hour and a half uh, to um, get this recorded um to continue to to because we, we i needed to get it out we needed to record so I, I, I drove an hour and a half so that i could actually record the episode but it was kind of like a makeshift operation and it was just nuts i could, I could get into some serious detail as to how crazy it was <laughs> but i don't think there's necessarily a need just to let you know it was nuts it was crazy um Basically, the gods of podcasting were pissed at us that day. Yeah, it was it was it was a nuts a nuts so kind of a day with just trying to get everything worked out to where we could actually get it recorded, uh, and we had some other technical difficulties as well. So it just made for uh, an interesting experience. But uh, I'm going to go back in and try to edit this. I didn't catch it through. I was trying to to get through the episode, skim through, trying to make sure everything was lining up. And I just, I guess, I just missed on some of that. And I do apologize. I was also trying to get it out as soon as I could, just because as people who you know watch the episodes, fans, and hopefully fans of the podcast, I was trying to get it out to make sure you got the content as quickly as possible. However, uh, I'm going to make sure I double check on the the quality control aspect of uh, doing the editing here. So I will, um, once I get this episode here edited and done and posted, uh, I'm going to go back and get the first episode, uh, re-edit it, get it all fixed up as best I can. Hopefully I'll get it perfectly um, edited this time around and get it reposted. Then I would just say, you know, delete your old episode um, that you downloaded and uh refresh your podcast feed and um you know try doing that if worse comes to worse if that doesn't work because sometimes there can be an issue with that you could just all unsubscribe to the podcast and then resubscribe immediately after that and uh you made my yeah. ears like bleed for right. a second <laughs> like right. what did you just tell them to do right it's just just sometimes <laughs> that i've had that happen on my end to add up uh, a podcast i'd subscribe to and it was like a similar issue had happened and even though they said they fixed it i i couldn't seem to get the new episode so i i deleted the episode and then i ended up unsubscribing and it kind of like wiped all the episodes out and then i resubscribed and uh then it seemed to work perfectly i got the new episode and i could you know listen to the one that was better so right so yeah thank you so much for writing christine it was really great to have some feedback uh especially you know once 
we didn't know that was happening. So that's great. We get some feedback on that. We can fix that and make it better for you guys. So yeah, that was a great email. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, we really enjoyed hearing it's from It's great. You. Like This like feedback is great. I mean, even if there's an issue with what we're doing, whether it be on a technical side or whatever, um, you know, it the feedback doesn't have to be like telling us how great of a job we're doing necessarily, although that's fantastic. Uh, it's just getting <laughs> feedback of any kind, creating a dialogue between us and you is what we do this for. It's it's not just about us sitting here talking about the episode, which in itself is great, but we want to hear what you think. Like, what do you think about this episode? Do you have any questions? Maybe you didn't read American Gods, the book, but you're watching the show, you're a little confused, and you know you maybe have an issue with that. Uh, or maybe you have questions, and that's certainly fine. You know, send it into the podcast. Let us know what you think. Or maybe you did read the book, right? And you've watched two episodes in, and you love the the adaptation, or maybe you don't love the adaptation, or maybe you love it and you hate it, and you want to send in some feedback to let us know your thoughts on how the show's going so far. So, you know, uh, don't don't be afraid to write into the podcast. And I guess Sarah, you know, that's a good way to. Uh, segue into, into uh, <laughs> how they can do that. Yeah, so if you want to write into us, feedback, voicemails, what have you, you can do so by sending them to American Gods Podcast at gmail.com. We're also out on Twitter at American Gods Pod. Uh, we have our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash forward slash freaking geeks, uh, which has like a bunch of subscriber levels and additional content and all kinds of goodies. Um, and then if you want to go onto iTunes, check us out in there and give us a, a rating and a review. That would be amazing. We definitely appreciate that. It gets us noticed so more people can you know, find us and hear all the good stuff about American Gods. But yeah. I guess that wraps up for this week. Yeah. Uh, can't wait till next week. Another episode, of course, yeah. which means more American <laughs> Gods. And uh, that is a great thing because more American Gods is – it's like Nirvana. You've attained a level of Nirvana when you sit down to watch an episode <laughs> of American Gods. So It's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is a beautiful thing. So – uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get the next episode out, tonight's episode, uh, out very quickly. I'll probably have it out tomorrow morning. Uh, I'll get up and uh, get everything edited and get it out. So, uh, yeah. So we recorded, I think, a day early or a day later than we usually do just because, uh, we found that we just couldn't get, uh, we couldn't actually record last night. So we had to do it tonight. So I do apologize for not having this out on the normal uh, Wednesday, which is today. Um, but <laughs> uh, it'll be out tomorrow morning early. So look out for that. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See you soon, godlings. <laughs> <laughs>